Welcome to Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast, where we meet experts from all walks of life to learn their intrinsic motivation so that they can share it with the world. What do we have in store today? Stay tuned to find out more. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And really excited about talking to our guest today. We are going to talk about growing yourself, improving yourself from a plant perspective and using (laughs) flower health and using plant medicine for health, happiness, and success. And sounds like, I mean, on, on 2018, it sounds really interesting that we're excited to talk about this because there was once upon a time when that's all we relied on was plant medicine. But in 2018, it looks like we're actually going to go back in time and bring it back to the present. And without further ado, we'd like to do that with an expert. And this expert goes by the name of Amy Cohen. She has a website by the name of strongestminds.com. And she's going to tell us how we can use plant medicine to become our best selves. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Amy. Well, thank you for having me. And and absolutely, going back in time, right, to original medicine back in the day. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for making the podcast. And, yeah, it's, you know, I say that, and and I sometimes people look at me like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, we're in the best time ever. We have access to the best medicine ever. And why would we ever go back to plant medicine? Maybe that's ancient or his, uh, prehistoric. And why would you say that there's an importance to even talking about plant medicine at all, Amy? Well, because it's amazingly healing and ancient and works. And you think about what the earth has given us to house ourselves, to feed ourselves, why wouldn't the earth also provide healing for us, our emotional and mental health? And with the um, necessity of medicine, which we really do, I, I love doctors, I'm thankful for hospitals, I have found this healing to be amazing for us from, from something simple like confidence for our children to something chaotic like people hearing voices if we go back in time or just to what works plant medicine is a very very powerful healing modality that i found myself through uh, my own trauma and and when my doctor recommended it to me i thought she was nuts and here i am 10 years later working to get this out to as many people that that want to know about it that want to learn that we can take care of our own emotional health very effectively, very powerfully, and very safely. Now, I want to look at timestamps. And and sometimes with some of the guests that we've spoken with, there's been timestamps in the 80s, like the late 80s, something that's happened. It could have been the mid-90s or right before Y2K where something's happened. And then there was another group around 2007, 2008, when we had the financial crisis People had gone through some type of transformation. And then most recently we found a lot of change with with guests and other people we've spoken with from 2012. And you, I guess, would fall into the 2008 category. What was your life like prior to getting introduced to plant medicine? Well, I had uh, a great life. You know, I married kids. Um, working as a uh, office manager in a law firm in Manhattan, uh, I I had the best of both worlds. Owned, owned a house and, and had freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. I was very happy. But I think everybody in their lifetime goes through trauma, hits humps in the road, and some things can be life changing. The death of a parent or uh, something happens. I just think that everybody in life. Has, has their trauma, and sometimes it's through trauma that we learn about um, medicine and what's out there or what's next, and we have our stories, and people have written books, and um, it just takes us to the next level. And sometimes we get so stuck that we can't find our way 
out. And that's where remedies can come in to be incredibly helpful in healing. So I don't know that my story is, is so much different than, than anyone else's. Definitely trauma, death, um, you know, life-changing challenges. But it's how we deal with them and where we go with them and trying to get through them that's, that's most important. And that's where I found the flower remedies help. Now, one of our, or my personal experience is uh, one of our first podcasts that we had, we talked about God winks. And in some cases, those, it could be winks, it could be the universe whispering to you, and then you may ignore them. In my case, it was probably two or three times. And then I got hit with a spiritual four by four where I really had to pay attention. Are you telling me that the first time your practitioner told you to get plant medicine, you didn't tell them to kick rocks? Yeah, I did. I told her she was nuts. I said, I love you. You healed my child, but I think you're nuts. Just give me a script for Xanax. I have to go take care of my father. I have to get on a plane. I was struggling with anxiety, thinking about uh, getting out of a marriage, wanting to pull my kids out of the school they were in. Life was falling apart, and I did not believe that, you know, a flower remedy, as she called it, was going to change anything. And uh, that's what I told her. Um, I said, but I do trust you if you write out that script for Xanax or whatever the medicine could be (laughs) to get me out of anxiety, I will try what you offer. And that's exactly what I did. And it was life-changing for me within a very maybe two days. Things started to change for me. So that was uh, a huge event for me, and I had to figure out more about this and where this was coming from and what this was that, put me into an organized space where I could make life-death decisions for my father at the time. What, Two days what kind is of monumental. Yeah. Say that again? Two days is well, monumental. Because the more chaos you are in in the moment, the faster the remedies work. That's not normally how it works. If somebody comes to me and says, my child is struggling with anxiety or social anxiety or they're having problems in school, I will put together a remedy based on their symptoms, and, and they will take it. And for, for kids, it works very quickly. A week, two weeks, you start to see positive changes and, and children going to, you know, moving back towards a positive state of mind. When we're working with adults and all the trauma that we go through in our lives, it becomes much sicker and, and takes a little bit longer. You know, you deal with each specific situation. Is it grief? Is it marriage challenges? Is it fears? Is it uh, um, all different issues, anxiety, depression, purpose? Because we hit different even places of purpose in our life as we, as we get older. And that takes a little bit more time. But when you are in a chaotic state, the remedies work immediately. And these are all plant extracts. They come from plants from all over the world. It's, it's about energetic medicine. It works on the energy around us and moves us back into a balanced state of mind with balanced thoughts, balanced behaviors, balanced feelings that lead us back on our path to why we originally came here. Interesting. So, and Amy, when you talked about when you that first time when that holistic doctor told you to, to you know, gave you a remedy and you took it and you said immediately you started in a couple of days started noting ch- changes. What, what kind of changes? Like, what, what are you talking about? So, when I called her up, I was actually in Florida. I was living in Chicago at the time, and my father was in the hospital. I struggled with anxiety. It was hard for me to even leave the house in that particular period of time. And um, at one point, I could not leave the hospital. I could not find my way back home to his apartment. I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't make decisions. I was totally not myself. I was always a woman in control. And, and, and was always able to handle any challenge that came up. But I think because I was flying back and forth for five weeks, I was just totally thrown off my game at that point and, and falling apart. So my doctor at the time, it was also my children's doctor, she was uh, uh, an MD but also believed in holistic medicine. And she said to me, I really want to make you a remedy. 
I will send you a script, and I want you to take it. So I received this, this uh, one-ounce bottle, a dropper bottle, and started taking it. And what I noticed happening was that, well, first of all, I immediately went home and went to sleep. That's what my body craved at the time, and I went to sleep. When I woke up, I had been dealing for my father with five different doctors. One was a heart doctor. One was an all-around doctor. He was in a coma. I mean, there were a lot of things going on. And each doctor had a different opinion on what to do with my father and whether he should live or die. And, and I don't think that any of us are ever prepared to be taking care of our, our parents in this way. So I, at the time, could not make any decisions. After I took that remedy um, and slept and started, you know, I, I woke up and realized I know my father. I know what he needs. I know what he's going to want. I know how he's going to want to live. And I was able to get back on the plane, fly back to Florida because I was flying back and forth, and and sat down with all the doctors and told them exactly what I wanted to do. I was able to take care of that situation right away because it was I was totally off my game, totally in chaos, and that's not who I ever am. And that was a light bulb moment for me. That was, oh, my God, what just happened here? You know, I never did take the pill um, that she prescribed for me. I was, is this? this plant stuff that she gave me, you know, and so I started to play around more. I started using my kids as guinea pigs, my husband as guinea pigs, my friends, and I started buying these remedies, and I saw how they were working. My child was struggling with um, speaking at school at the time. They thought he had learning disabilities, but really what it was was very shy, so I gave him a remedy for that. And I started playing around, and I saw how well they were working. And next thing you know, I'm traveling to Australia, to Portugal, and studying with masters of these remedies, five-generation herbologists. I mean, this is well-known throughout Europe, but not well-known here. And, and that's what took me to where I am today. I mean, I work with purpose. I have a, a book out now um, for families with children on the spectrum and how to use remedies for the whole family to live in harmony. I teach a master course. I mean, so I am... You know, I consult with people all over the world, and I, I am out there trying to get this out there. Wow, well, great. Yeah, it sounds like I, I, I detect the, the your accent. It sounds like you're from home. Yeah, I'm from the Northeast. Are you originally from Tri-State? Yeah, New York. As oh, okay. As a <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> now in Chicago and loving it. Nice, nice. I'm originally from New Jersey, and when you were talking about Florida, you know, a lot of half of Florida is uh, tri-state, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And right. when you were talking about Florida, it made me think of 60 Minutes this past Sunday. And on, on Sunday, they were talking about the origin of the opioid epidemic. And we had a guest a, a few weeks ago, and she's down there on boots on the ground. She actually lives in South Florida talking about what's happening there. And I just wanted to get your take on that because when you were going through your trauma in 2008, you were the mindset of, yeah, 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 just give me the Xanax or just give me that pill. And many people that had succumbed to this opioid crisis were the same mindset of, I'm just in a lot of pain, just give me a pill. And so I I wanted to get your take as a, a plant practitioner of that mind state and what's going on there in the rest of the country? Yeah, I think it's terribly sad. I think that um, our kids are um, have terrible addictions. I think that people who, who struggle with pain, who are just looking for an answer, not only ends up with not so much help, but ends up an addict and, and then have to go into rehab for recovery. I think it's terrible. You know, and it's totally out of control, um, and and I feel bad. I mean, I think it's it's out there and it's all over. I can't tell you how many people I know that have been in rehab or their kids have been in rehab, whether it's opioids or something else. Have you thought of partnering, or you know, sometimes when you, uh, I don't know, a bad example for this is, I want a burger. And then someone says, oh, would you like cheese with that? So it's complimentary to the sandwich. 
has anyone approached businesses or have you approached you or have you approached businesses saying, hey, you know what, I, I know you guys are going the traditional route and, and nothing against that, but uh, this is what I offer and it may be a, an addition or a complementary to what you're currently offering for people that are dealing with, with any of these uh, psychosomatic issues? Yeah, well, I think what's happening now um, is two things. There were a lot of people, my generation, and I'm, I'm in, in my 50s, of women that are retiring, but are not really ready to retire. You know, we've earned all this wisdom and gained all this wisdom, and now we want to give back. So there are many women who might be holistic, uh, who might be nurses that are starting to study with me in this master class so they can start, so they can create a home business and start helping people all over the world using, using flower remedies. And I'm actually um, speaking with um, a spiritual organization to work with chaplains and nurses and other people that work with hospitals that want to give spiritual care because really plant medicine really is about body, mind, and soul. And so, for instance, if you're a person that struggles with high blood pressure, high blood pressure for most people comes from stress. If we lower the stress, your, your blood pressure lowers. And, and it's the same thing in, in the hospital. You know, when, to get better, you have to be hopeful. You can't be in a hospital and be hopeless. You know, uh, even fibromyalgia, I, I have found I have great experience with because great experiences with because it seems to be an emotional challenge. It's unknown pain. So when we get into the core of what's going on in your life, and when it started, we use the remedies by creating a blend based on what's going on in your particular life. Every remedy is customized for what your needs are. And from there, it's, you know, nutritionists, I work with nutritionists, I work with psychologists, I work with psychiatrists that want to try something new, and I make blends for their clients. So, yeah, there are some new alliances that, that I think can be really good in getting this out there in the United States. Absolutely. Let me ask you, with, um, with uh, dealing with nutritionists and psychologists, we can go into some of the some of your case studies and examples that you had. But one thing mm-hmm. that stuck out was on your website you were talking about a, a student, or it may have been a child or it may have been an adult, and they were hearing voices and they came to you and you were able to remedy that. Are you, could you talk about that a little bit? That is the most amazing thing to me. And, and when you think about something so simple, you know, what, what we've been given by the earth to heal. To think that something so unreachable, right? Many of the people that I know that heard voices could be on eight different medications and nothing has really ever helped. And to think that something so simple can be so effective, it still to this day floors me. So I had a client, I had more than one client, um, but this particular client who actually studied with me and she became a practitioner, she wanted to work with uh, people her age, she was a college-age um, girl, and she, somebody recommended that she call me, and she would hear voices. And the voices, some of them were very mean voices, wanting her to kill others and to kill herself, and the other voices were angels angelic voices of sweetness and love but she could walk down the street and feel like she saw somebody from a past life that wanted to kill her so she really really struggled she was on a lot of medication she could not go to college she could not go to school and so she came to me and and to be very honest with you when people call me and talk to me about hearing voices I really do believe that there are voices there I don't think that this is a figment of their imagination. When a person comes to me and tells me there's something going on, I'm listening. I want to know what it is so I can hear the right remedy for that person. I'm not judging whether it's true or not true or they need to be medicated. All I want to do is heal what I hear that's not working for them. 
So I made her a remedy, and, and it was about um, protecting her energy. I wanted to find out about her trauma. I wanted to find out if there was surgery. I have found that that means a lot when, when I work with people having had surgery, anesthesia, um, does not ground them anymore. They become ungrounded. So there are a lot of different questions I have, how birth was. I mean, it goes all the way back to birth, and, and, and I can tell you a story after about that. So based on what she told me, I, I made a remedy, and the next month she came to see me, and um, I said to her, how, how do you feel? On a scale of 1 to 10, those negative voices were at 10, where are they now? And within one month, she said they are at a 4 now. And it went from the size of the house, she's sitting in my house, it, it went, the voices were so loud and so on top of me, it went from the size of this house to, to the size of the vase that was on my table. And that was in one month. I find that most people, the most healing they get is in, was in, the, is in the first two or three months. So we continued on, and it, and it got to the, the place where she did not hear anything negative. She still felt she heard her positive, but it was a positive. She didn't want to lose that. You know, and maybe it's her guides. Whatever it is, it worked for her. And she went on to study with me. She got off all of her medication and has been fine ever since, went to college um, and has been fine. I mean, that to me, I, it's amazing to me. And this is what my clients have taught me. Now, has it also, also that, I mean, that's a great story. And I want to stay there for a second. So has, is there now part of a regimen where she gets a new tincture every month or it was a one-time deal and she, didn't, she no longer had to look back? I worked with her for about six months, then we started working on other things. There were, you know, I worked with gender issues and love issues and codependence issues. So um, whatever her issues were, we worked on, we, con we, we continued to work on, and then she studied with me. So if she needs a remedy, she just makes a remedy for herself. If she needs to talk to me, she'll call me and, and talk to me. Hmm. So, um, Amy, you said earlier that either you make, you know, you, you can make remedies for like high blood pressure. Um, what about stuff like, you know, if a person has a condition, you know, like diabetes, is there remedies for that, or if they have, you know, certain diseases, anything remedies that you make for stuff like that? Okay, so I don't make any remedies for physical issues, including high blood pressure. I was just using that as an example for stress. I work with stress. So what I work okay. on is emotional and mental issues because I'm not a doctor, so I can't work on any kind of physical issues. Yeah. So if somebody comes to me and tells me that they are struggling with diabetes and they need to change their diet and they're having a hard time, the way I work with them is trying to shift their mental thinking so that they want to eat healthier. And if they want to eat healthier, to give them the willpower to eat healthier. If they want to work out, to give them, to set goals for them and goal-oriented remedies where they will go and they will work out or they will walk or they will, you know, what they need emotionally and mentally to be successful is how I work with them. So when somebody comes to me for weight loss, I'll give them remedies on, on staying committed to their goals. Okay. Would you also say that that's probably, I mean, if you were going to look top down, you want to address the mental and emotional issues and then the physical will be a byproduct? Yes. I really do believe that every challenge starts thoughts emotionally. Something happens, right? Something clicks. For instance, let's take anxiety for some people and for me as well. When I was struggling with anxiety, something happened to me emotionally that clicked me to start having panic attacks and getting fearful of leaving my house. And then I started to get palpitations, right? And then I started to think I'm going to die because the thing about anxiety is that you know your thoughts make no sense, but you have no control over them. And, and the fear comes in and the, and the um, palpitation. So what happened was when I, when I 
was able to make a remedy, you know, work with my doctor at the time, and she made me remedies now for anxiety. The first thing that went away were those palpitations that had me going to the doctor for stress tests and all of those other tests. That was the first thing that left, and then the panic attacks left, and then the, the fears left uh, in my case. And so that's how it worked for me. So I do believe that everything starts on an emotional level and then triggers it eventually to a physical reaction. Yeah, Amy, once, uh, let me ask this real quick. Amy, so once you have all the information that you need, how long does it take you to come up with the remedy? Uh, it takes me a few days. I, I sit with it. I'm looking up remedies. I'm thinking about what is their core issue. That's really what, what I want to work on. And then I usually get it out within a few days. Okay. And, and what form does that usually come in? Like a, a drops? Is that what you Yeah, well, I do it one of two ways. For myself, I'll make it for myself in liquid drops that I take orally. For my clients, I'll make it as a spray. Sometimes I make one spray, sometimes I make two. Sometimes I want them to take just a certain amount of remedies more often to get things working quickly, especially for those that struggle with anxiety and depression. I'll, uh, you know, I'll make a remedy, two remedies, one they keep on their nightstand and one they carry with them all day long and use it all day long. I have them spray it around there. Um, around their body, around their energy field, and you will notice things. You just start to notice, uh, and sometimes you don't even notice until I start asking questions. But many times you'll notice yourself moving towards a more positive state of mind and starting to feel overall more joyful. Well, so what's it like when you're peeling that onion, uh, I would imagine, that with uh, some of my colleagues that are psychologists or psychologists, someone may come in and, and come in with one issue, but it's a surface issue. And over time, they actually get to the bottom of what that core issue is. Is there a particular process that you go to to address that core? I go to the remedies. I just sit, I ask questions, they, I listen to their story, and then as I'm looking for remedies, I'm asking questions. And as I'm asking questions, more things come out. You know, it works beautiful with therapy. It just moves the process much quicker when you can get to that core issue. Because all that minutia that sits in front of us from all the years of, of trauma and humps and things and fights and parent things and all of that stuff starts to clear up quickly so that you get to the root of the issue pretty quickly, and then you could discuss it, and then you can change it. It really so, Amy, so, Amy, no two, let me just, so I'm clear, no two remedies are the same. They're so, all com completely different. No, I mean, there are some, I, I might look at, there, there are a couple of different brands will make their remedies. So I base, when I teach my course, I am teaching what I think is best, and I have weeded out a lot of brands, and I work with a few brands, but I don't work with them. They don't pay me. I work with the brands because I think they're great. And each one of those brands might have a remedy for confidence. So based on what I feel, I choose that remedy. Some might be... Um, or it, or it even might be different types of confidence that makes me choose. But also, I have to tell you, as, as you work with the remedies, as you learn to use the remedies and you study and you make remedies for other people and you're also making remedies for yourself, you are becoming more and more connected with your guides and your higher power and your intuition is becoming very, very strong. You might go to make a remedy, and all of a sudden you feel, you know what, I need something else. And then you get that remedy, and you, and you put it in. You know, your, your intuition becomes very, very strong. Mm, okay. Yeah, along those lines, Amy, it makes me think of the nutrition industry where, or biohacking industry where there's a lot of talk of stacking. And so are you familiar with the term stacking? Are you talking about with um, um, with supplements 
Yes. And so I was just wondering, someone may come in with anxiety, and then you may, when you're getting to the core, you may uncover some other psychosomatic issue. And so that way, you're, you're, there's a flower remedy for anxiety, and then there's another for whatever the other issue is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I'm working with remedies for anxiety, and what is anxiety? I mean, anxiety has become a very generic term, and true anxiety is different for different people. So when I find out what their personal symptoms are, I can make that remedy. And once you get rid of the anxiety, what else is, what you know, that's when, okay, now what's coming up? Is it, you know, was there abuse earlier on? Um, do you hate your, your parents? Um, do you lack purpose and motivation? You know, what else is there? What's coming up for you now? And, and everybody, we came here with a purpose. We, we have a story that we're meant to live. And, and that's what I work to figure out for them. Okay, so, you know, it's almost like coaching in a sense. So now your anxiety is gone, and we're getting rid of your sadness. What, what, you know, what naturally comes up for them, so when we do our three-week follow-up, they're naturally telling me, when I ask them how, how you feel with your anxiety, how do you feel about this, okay, what's coming up for you, you know, they will start to talk about what, what I'm supposed to deal with next. Is it purpose? So I don't know what I do with, I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Or, you know, I thought I wanted to be in, um, I thought I wanted to be an office manager, but I really want to be, I really want to help others. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to get out there helping others. And um, so all I'm doing is uh, these remedies are self-healing. It's helping you to bring out what's inside of you. And when people have this dream or these thoughts and they suppress them because they really don't believe it's what they're, you know, they have a job, they have to pay their mortgage, they have things they have to do, they can't do anything different, and you begin to suppress and suppress, that's when you start to become ill. And people don't realize when they have these dreams in their head that they think they cannot do, those dreams are there for a reason. You know, we are here for a purpose, and the more you think about it, the more true it could become to who you are. We just don't have these random thoughts to possibly do anything. We have these thoughts of things that we're actually supposed to do. Uh, I didn't want to step on you, David. Oh, no, no. I was waiting for you. I'm sorry. Along those lines, Amy, uh, when you're talking about suppression, uh, it just made me think that the NBA season, you know, National Basketball Association, the season just started. And in 2018, there were uh, Anthony Davis, there were a number of, of top NBA players who have come out publicly talking about their battles with anxiety. And so it, it's more of a, of, of a national conversation now, and I think that's where you said it maybe become generic because everyone just says, I'm anxious. Uh, is there a difference that you're seeing with anxiety and bipolar issues? I don't know about anxiety and bipolar. I think bipolar stands alone on its own. But I see a lot of connection where people get the generic terms. And I wouldn't say confused. It's just how they read it with stress. Stress and anxiety people use very generically. And there are times that people will call me and say they struggle with anxiety and really what they are is stressed and overwhelmed. And that's my job to find out. And once I find out what that is, I can work on it. So it's not like if you tell me you have anxiety, I'm going to mix together six different um, extracts and give it to you. I want to find out what's the feeling of anxiety. When you say anxiety, what is that feeling that you get? You know, some people will say I'm stuck. Some people will say, um, you know, I, I can't breathe or I get palpitations. Some people will tell me they fear driving or they can't leave their house. Some people will say I just feel overwhelmed, you know, or I'm just totally unorganized. So those are all personal 
symptoms and meaning of, of what people are getting across to me. And based on that, that's when I make a remedy. I don't make a remedy because somebody tells me they have anxiety. I make a remedy because somebody is sharing their, their personal challenges with me, and I'm going to address each one of those challenges. Amy, has there ever been a, a, a time when someone came to you and you either st- struggled to find a remedy or create a remedy or you weren't able to? Um, I think there was, you know, there was a time earlier on when sometimes with men, men don't like to share. So I will have, I had a man call me who needed a remedy, who wanted a remedy, when I asked him what his challenge is, you know, what's your, tell me, tell me why you want a remedy, what's going on in your life that you want a remedy, and he's like, nothing, nothing's going on. I just, you know, I'm just not happy. Okay, why are you not happy? No reason. I just, I'm not happy. So there are remedies that I can give, and, and you know what, I'm not going to get much past that. I, you know, I could ask a few questions. But if, if he's going to be stuck there, then there's a remedy that, that I will give so that when we talk again in three weeks, he'll be more open to share truly what's on his mind. I, I don't think I've ever had a remedy not work. Remedies work in different ways. For most people, I will see changes within the first month. There are a few people that have a slower metabolism, so it might take two months or maybe even three months just depending on, on the person and who they are uh, and how quickly or slowly they move, it, it could work in a week, it could work in two months. So in that regard, it really depends on the person and if they're taking it. Not everybody who, um, who gets invests in a remedy, there are some people that just don't take it. Mm. So that makes me want to ask, that's probably an interesting question. Is do what do you do? You notice anything when dealing with besides just what you said when dealing with men as opposed to women? I mean, do women come to you more with certain kind of uh, things they want to you want you to make remedy for, and men or tend to more you know be on this side of things? Have you noticed that? Well, uh, it's funny. Women will come to me and say, oh, my God, I need 20 different things. And a man will come to me and say, mm, I have maybe, you know, one small issue. Women come to me mostly even for their husbands, you know, and their kids. So my interaction is mostly with women. And there have actually even been times when both have called me, a man and a woman, for the other person because they were um, abusive. And especially around 2008 when the economy dropped and people lost their jobs and people were losing their houses, there were men and women that were both um, struggling uh, and being abused or uh, and being abused or their kids were being abused. And in, in that regard, that was the first time because it used to be that anybody who came to me for a remedy needed to know they were coming to me for a remedy. In that case, I thought it was better to help that other person get through the stress of what they were dealing with and if, the, and if the spouse did not want to tell them, I just had them give it to them in certain ways, get it into them so they could bond again with the kids and, and not be so worried and find their confidence again to go out and, and get a job. But that's really mostly it, you know, the way a man complains and a woman complains. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, and not for bad issues, like you said, one may call for the other. And I was just wondering, since these are – are liquids or in many cases drops if one if one partner was putting it in their other partner's drink or something and then noticing a change yeah you know they they do notice a change I work with a lot of women whose children are struggling with depression locking themselves in their rooms and can't get out and and when people struggle with depression many times they won't take remedies for whatever reason and so I will make something and I'll have them put it all over in shampoos, in their soda, in their water, wherever, just get it, you know, body wash, just get it in somehow. And, um, and they'll see changes. 
so you're also saying that these remedies that you're creating, they don't have any specific taste if you're able to put any in these different... No, uh, I mean, I use a preservative. I use, a, I use an uh, alcohol preservative, but the amount is so minute, and if somebody has an alcohol problem and doesn't want any preservative, then I just, I just boil it out. But um, really, no, it's very little. Really no taste to it. Let's stay with the alcohol for a second. So let's say someone had an intervention and, you know, they're like, uh, you know, they're against it. But then miraculously, like you said, in those 30 days, they stopped. Uh, has there been any example where someone, someone has used your flower remedies for someone dealing with, with drugs or alcohol? Yeah. So the way I use remedies for addictions, and it could be anything. It could also be hoarding. It could be whatever the addiction is is that I recommend always. So, for instance, if it's, if it's alcohol, when somebody comes to me with, for alcohol or for um, hope or, or drugs, what I do is make them a remedy to start changing their behavioral patterns. But I want them to also go to AA or NA to get that, to get that help as well. You can't just do the remedy. You have to have other help. But I will tell you this, I mean, I actually, um, I've had a couple of clients where they've worked with the remedies, and here it is, it's the third month we're working with remedies, and, and so much has changed in their life, and yet they keep going backwards. So somebody will tell me my anxiety is totally gone, and then next month tell me their anxiety is back, which is so odd to me. So at one point, I started to realize, I started to ask questions, do you drink? You know, do you do drugs? And it, and it always comes out. And usually by the third month, they'll, they'll tell me. Because they're going through so much healing that their mind and their spirit is telling them that in order to heal more, they have to get it out. You know, when you're on this progression of, of healing and moving towards your purpose, it really takes you to places you never think that it will take you. So anyway, so I have this one woman, this one woman after the third month and kept going back and forth, and I'm like, I cannot figure this out. You know, she called me up and she said, you know, I'm not sure, but I may be drinking too much. So now when somebody says that to me, that's telling me that they're drinking too much. And so that's what I was able to explore with her. And once we worked on that issue, everything changed for her. Amy, when you were doing your, you know, training and studying and learning about plant medicine, did you, did that include any um, studying about the Native American ways? No, it was strictly like the people I, the people I studied with, I mean, one was fifth generation in Australia, um, herbalist. His, his uh, mother, his grandmother, and, and three more generations before that were herbalists that went out into the Australian bush and created healing um, products using, the, using uh, plant medicine, using uh, extracts from the plant. So, no, I would actually love to study in that regard with, with uh, a Native American doctor but have not had that opportunity yet. But I do find this, this is the one area I did study homeopathy as well. And it's the one healing modality that you could miss whether you're on medication um, and you could not ever get hurt. It's really an amazing healing modality. Yeah, it sounds great, I mean, it, it makes me wonder uh, about addiction and not, and not the addiction when we're talking about narcotics or alcohol but you know there's a, a tendency of of and, and other people that we've spoken with and just what I've seen like I may be addicted to going to psychics or I may be addicted to nutrition or, or, or supplements and I was just wondering if you also come across that as well like you've had you've deal, dealt with the anxiety issue you've dealt with um, being stuck are you finding that some people from an addiction standpoint continue to come back to you just because there's something else, the underlying theme that needs to be met? Yes. Or, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing something too much or something is not sitting right with you, then you know that it's something that um, needs to be worked on. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you said that there's more of an openness in the in uh, Europe or outside the U.S. Do you see that changing? Are you the instrument of change, or are you just are you following the wave of where there's a demand for people that need your expertise? Well, I am hoping that that's going to change, and I'm and I'm hoping to make that change. I mean, it's well known in the hospitals of Europe and the doctors' offices in Europe. Um, it's used regularly. You know, I want people to know that they could reach into to their pantry when somebody wakes up in the morning and they are not themselves or they had nightmares or they woke up angry, that you could reach for a remedy and, and give them what they need to calm their anger or to give them extra confidence because they're standing in front of the class that day um, to feel good. And, and that's what I'm hoping to get out there. And that's why I'm writing this series of books. That's why I speak all over. I've created products that I sell on Amazon and, and on Etsy that are geared towards feeling positive. I have a wellness line. I have a romance line. I have a line for animals because our animals are really struggling as well with anxiety and, and war dogs coming back from the war. Um, huge trauma. And so I've created sprays, one for aggression, you know, one for fears, one for anxiety, um, to feel good for our animals as well. And, and the beauty is these plant extracts will not harm a soul. They are, I have used them for, and this is amazing, you know, there are children that get adopted from other countries and they come here and they could be months old. And I will have moms calling me and telling me that their child won't stop crying, their separation anxiety, and, and that's amazing to me because I have learned from dealing with these small infants that who you, even though we're, they, they might be in the United States now, they still have their culture inside them. And knowing that something's not right or knowing that they are in a different place and have fears associated with that. And there are many, I, I work with a lot of adopted babies and adopted families because there are so many, there can be so many challenges. You know, children in rage and anger, children that you have to pull into school every day. Those are, or you know, that's an anxiety issue. And a lot of times if moms don't struggle with anxiety, they don't know what it is. You know, they're diagnosing all of different things. Now they have something called selective mutism. And a mom called me about that. And, and from what I heard, I, I thought it was anxiety. That's what I'm treating her with and showing it. And, and she has been fine ever since. She speaks. She was not speaking. She was not um, speaking to other kids or friendly in school, and her life is totally different. Many times I work with one person, and then I end up working with the entire family. Oh, sure. <laughs> Especially uh, if they're, if they're uh, other nationalities, we do, I do see more of a cultural or community aspect. So if you're helping one, you're going to help the whole community. Yeah. And, and even in families, especially in families that are not grounded or, or chaotic, I mean, one person can change the whole tone. So once you work with that child, then the mom says to me, you know, I want you to work with my other child who's not, I can't get him to do homework after school. I can't get him to, to try if he doesn't, you know, get a math problem right. Or, you know, I want him to join a club and he's too fearful to join a club. I mean, social anxiety is huge out there. And those are all the things that, that um, I work with. Anything that does not sit right in your body, any negative feeling, behavior, or thought does not belong there. And that means that you are somewhat out of balance. And a simple remedy will get you back into balance. You know, it's funny. I never thought in a million years that this is what I would be doing for a living. I was running a law firm. I had 30 people under me. So we met in New York, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so between the product and the coaching and the, you know, and the consulting and teaching others, people, we need, you know, it, it is, we need people doing this. I mean, there are a million practitioners, Reiki practitioners, all different kinds of healing practitioners, but we do not have, this is an untapped market, and mm -hmm. we need people out there doing it, and I love 
teaching it. It's 10 years of experience. I'm not just teaching a brand. I teach about um, all the different challenges that, that we deal with in our lives. And I'm working very hard to get this out here because this is an amazing healing modality. It's really what many of us are looking for when we go to the doctor for a pill. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to laugh at their statement of, I can't believe I'm doing this because in 20, 2008, my life was totally different. It would be interesting if, if we could all project into 2028 and, and see what our lives would look like. It would be totally right. different than it is today. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. And that's, you know, the next book is about purpose. Because, you know, our parents, they had a job, they stayed there, and they retired there. But it's not like that for us anymore. You know, we keep progressing. And when we progress, we want something more. And we are allowed to get that. You know, our parents didn't do that. And that is what's so beautiful. We keep moving forward. That is an excellent, Amy, that's an excellent segue into your romance line because our generation before, you just stayed in that relationship if you were happy or not. And you were in some of your talks and on your site, you address people in their 40s. And before, it used to be the guy going through the midlife crisis, but it seems like uh, both sexes are affected. And how do you use your romance line to uh, keep couples together? Well, my romance line is about women wanting to feel their sensual self again, men getting their energy, their yin-yang order, that energy, the seriousness, um, becoming more playful. But when I work with relationships and I'm customizing remedies, there's a difference between the line I already have. The line that I have out is very targeted. So one is for men only, for calming stress um, and um, becoming more playful and and uh, energy, balance, balancing out your energy. Other things in the line are for people that have resentment in relationships, especially if you've been married for a long time, to get rid of those resentments, to calm those resentments. Others are for bonding. Others are for getting out there if you are scared of getting out there. But when I work with couples, and I am not a therapist, but if somebody calls me up and says, I would like you to work with my husband and I and make us remedies, based on what they're each feeling in their relationship is what I'm going to work on. Is the husband resentful of something his wife did? Is, is she feeling unloved and neglected? All of that comes from inside of us. It's not what the other person is or isn't doing. But if they want to bond more, I can give them something to help bond more. If she needs more confidence to know that she does not need his um, approval, then that's what I will work on with her. And the relationship changes pretty instantly. And I do it also for the whole family. Sibling rivalry and, and bonding. Families that are pulling apart because they're busy, bringing them back to wanting to spend time together because it's truly what's in your heart. It'd be interesting. You said you had uh, worked with uh, Indian culture. Uh, as time goes on, it'd be interesting to follow up with you as you tap into the Indian culture, the African culture, the Caribbean culture, because there were times where there were tinctures used and they were able to get their spouse or their other significant other to stay, and they didn't know why they were staying, and it was because of a flower <laughs> remedy. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is that you cannot, if you are not in love anymore, a remedy is not going to help you. If it's not inside you, you're not going to fall in love. But what it's going to do at that point is figure out your next step so that you could achieve the, the ultimate goal, whether it's to be out of the marriage, to be, um, you know, to whatever that ultimate goal is. If you feel like you love somebody and it's just not working or you're not sure, the remedy will bring out what's inside you so you know what your next step is. Mm. That's a good point. I'm glad you covered that. Um, I do want to ask you a, a Fido question because you, you were talking about your pets. And in many cases, our dogs are are pretty much mirroring what we're going through. So has there been a case where someone's come to you about Fido and his hyperactivity issues, but it turned out it was actually the owner? 
Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. When somebody comes to me for their pet, I'm listening to the symptoms and I'm making a remedy. And sometimes there's more than one pet. So I have to figure out how to either work with one remedy um, for both pets or create different remedies. But I do see often that if, if somebody comes to me with their animal who they say has anxiety, many times, you're right, I see it in the owner as well. And I'll get them to get a remedy. There are many moms that come to me for their child. And they are so anxious. They are, you know, they are so not together. They are so out of it, the mom. They're so scared and, and unbalanced that there are times I'll say, you know, I can make your child a, a remedy, but they're not going to be better because you're the same. It's like hitting it. It's like hitting a ping pong ball back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It'll be a vicious cycle. If you want me to work with your son, I need to work with you too. Because the changes you see happening are beautiful for both of them. They're both common. You know, a child can't keep going to a mom that is totally out of control because it's, it's just going to keep them out of control. Even though they're starting to feel better, having that interaction will keep pushing them backwards. Good point. And, and, and we've covered so much, and as you mentioned, that this is a, a, a new territory, I mean, with these modalities that are happening, and you've been in the trenches 10 years, you've been speaking, are there upcoming uh, speaking engagements that you have, or are there engagements you're, you're looking forward to promoting? I have a speaking engagement coming up, especially for uh, people in business, women in business, October 17th in Chicago. Um, I actually have to put it on my site. I don't remember exactly where it is, where I'll be speaking and other women will be speaking about business. I am really, um, I really like to work with women in business, getting them out there, continuing to, when they start to feel like they're losing it a little bit, to give them that, that remedy to push them forward and get out there and talk to people and uh, continue on with their journey and at the same time stay balanced to be able to handle everything at home. So I do have, it's with Tony Wilkins, if you look him up, it's a um, um, women, it's, it's, it's for women, and it's October 17th in, in Chicago. Very nice. And uh, now is a perfect time to highlight your book again, where they can get that and where they can get in contact with you via your site and social media. Yeah, so they can get my book from my site, which is strongestminds.com, and that will actually take you to Amazon where you could purchase the book. And um, uh, that's one way to get the book. On the Spectrum Challenges are a family affair. And it really talks about how the whole family can use remedies. That's, that's the first book. Anybody can get a hold of me by writing Amy Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, at strongestminds.com. Anyone can set up a free 15-minute uh, consultation with me by going to my site and clicking on my site. Uh, my products you can get on Amazon, but I'm always happy to recommend something uh, if you need something. And, and I'm always here to answer any questions. I will answer any questions for anybody at, at no fee. I mean, if you have a question for something that's going on in your life, in your family right now, then feel free to write me and talk to me about it. And, and I will do what I can to help you. That is fantastic. And so you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And Amy, it was a pleasure to learn more about plant medicine and flower remedies, and we'd love to stay in touch with you. I would love that, and, and I thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yes, thank thanks you. for being here. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homies Perspective podcast. 
please check us out on our website at intrinsicmotivation.life where you can click on the speak pipe button and leave any suggestions for a future podcast that you'd like us to cover. Also check us out on our social media sites. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, iTunes podcast, in addition to Stitcher and Google Play, all under Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. Check you out next time. Have a great day.